0: Hi and welcome to You, Me and BPD. My name is Sean Keyes and I have Borderline Personality Disorder. Every week I'm going to try and talk about something about mental health to see if it can help you. It's my perspective on how I look at mental health. And hopefully if you can pick something up from it, that'll be great. You know, So last week I was talking about narcissism and this week I said I'd talk about my opinions on anxiety And how I view anxiety, how anxiety is to me in my life and how I overcame it. And thankfully I don't have anxiety anymore, but there was a stage when I was so consumed with anxiety that I was barely able to brush my teeth some days. I was absolutely, I'm I'm trying to remember it now and I'm smiling because I'm at the far side, but yeah, anxiety, I, I... I couldn't work, I couldn't function, my mind wasn't able to relax. I just kept getting hit with question after question after question. What if questions, as I now call them? What if this happens? What if that happens? And I couldn't settle. It was like 10 people attacking me all at once. And I was just trying to settle my mind, but just could not settle my mind. And eventually, um, I turned to food. Um, I suppose I'm jumping really into the deep end here, but I did, I turned to food. I turned to food and just seeing, could food affect my moods? And thankfully it did for myself. Um, These are all my own opinions. Opinions, you know, my opinion on my life. What works for me might not work for you, but it might work for somebody. and That's what I'm hoping to do. And uh, yeah, I looked into food, how food affects your mood. And as it turns out, food plays a major part in your mood, and it did with me. So I completely changed my diet. I went to, uh, kept eliminating certain foods eventually, and kept going down and down and down. Eventually I came to a whole food, plant-based diet, as they call it nowadays, but... I'm not completely vegan or vegetarian, and I'm not because I don't really, I don't really want to be labelled as a vegan or vegetarian. So I deliberately will eat meat once a year, just not to be vegan or vegetarian, or twice a year. But does a whole food plant based diet for me work? One hundred percent, it absolutely works. Because what I wanted to do with food was, what does it do for you? What does it do to your system? What impact does it have? So I started looking up at the energy it takes to digest food compared to the energy the food gives you and as it turns out Vegetables digest relatively quickly compared to say meat So that was the reason I gave up meat is because it takes a very little time for your system to break down vegetables your stomach than it does meat So the energy it took was less So it was less stress on my system and for someone who suffers with mental health I want to reduce my stress. I want to make sure my stress is reduced so that I have the energy to deal with my mind. Because here's the thing about people with mental health. They're a different breed of a human being. The mind will always be with you. My mind is always with me. I tried to do a podcast yesterday and I said I was going to do one yesterday. And I had to mind the dog and the dog kept barking. And I felt like killing the dog, if I'm being honest. Absolutely felt like killing him. Because as I was trying to do my podcast, the dog kept barking. So I stopped doing the podcast and minded the dog. And I was raging. <laughs> and that's the thing about people with BPD. We can't regulate our emotions. So we can't just be raging and then not be raging like most neurotypical people that go, ah oh, well, look, I'll just get over it. We have to feel the rage. And the rage has to keep going until the rage is finished. <laughs> so... I was raging until I wasn't raging, which takes a bit of time for people like myself. But I minded the dog. I didn't kill him. wanted to, but didn't. Um, Yeah, I minded the dog, and I didn't do my podcast. And then this morning I was trying to do my podcast, and I got distracted again. And I was raging again, and I was like, I'll never get to do this podcast. So I went and done a bit of cleaning, and that calmed me down. And once I felt my emotions calming down a bit, I went and done the podcast, which is now. Um, and that's the thing you sometimes these things don't work out sometimes they don't go on your way and do you really well I do anyway I Do be raging inside because like a child I can't uh, Regulate you know just like a toddler So yeah, here. I am. I'm doing the podcast now on a Monday But anyway back to anxiety. my anxiety What I figured out with my anxiety is this my mind was afraid it was absolutely terrified It was like going I'm afraid of this, what do you think? And the adult version of me was going, Yeah, I'm terrified too. And that's no good. You can't be like that when you're anxious. When you're anxious, you need an adult. That's why most children, when they're anxious, they go to adults. They don't go to other children and say, I think there's a ghost under my bed. They'll go to an adult. Because they depend on the adult to say, let's have a look. And eventually there's no ghost. But they have to process it and look under the bed and do the whole show of making sure there's no ghost but to an anxious person when the mind says listen I'm anxious about this you're not supposed to say me too (laughs) the minute you say me too the game is over and that's where you get overridden by the brain the brain when it actually comes through you and or me or anyone else and goes I'm nervous about this and you go yeah me too there's an automatic override system And you're gone because now that part of the brain which is stronger than the more human part of you goes "Uh, okay they're not able for this shut them down and they take complete control of you which is why people that have anxiety have very little control because the part of the brain that completely can take over does when it realizes hey you're not able to deal with this problem so I'm just gonna take over here So anxiety is a funny thing. We need it. Without anxiety, we would die. You know, if you weren't anxious about, say, the tiger chasing you, you'd get eaten, you know. Um, If you were walking down the road and through the corner of your eye, the part of your mind, the amygdala or amygdala or whatever way it's pronounced, amygdala, I call it. If that didn't catch the car coming while you were texting on your phone, Yeah, that part of the brain which needs to be stronger wouldn't pull you back in off the path. It spotted the car through the corner of the eye. You were too busy texting. But thankfully it has this override system. That's anxiety working perfectly. Anxiety wakes you up in the morning, gets you out of bed. That's working perfect. You need anxiety. When you see a bird and they're flocking together and all of a sudden one bird just flies a different direction, the other birds will fly a different direction because that bird, they think, seen something... So they trust it, so they'll move as well. That's how anxiety works. One deer runs in a forest, they all run. Nobody waits behind and goes, I don't think so. It's anxiety. It's supposed to be there to survive. The problem with anxiety with human beings is we can be overstimulated with anxiety. We can be overpowered with anxiety. And when anxiety gets too much, you'll be left in your bed. You'll be left in your room. Just like the animals. You see, just like in the animal kingdom, nature has its own way of dealing with things. It has a very simple process. An animal gets sick. When the animal gets sick, it naturally will slow down. When the animal slows down, that's the animal that the predatorial creatures, the wolf, the lions, the gazelles, whatever. Not the gazelles. (laughs) They're not predatorial. Um, They will eat it. And that's how nature works. For humans, they do the same thing. When a human gets sick, or anxious, or mentally ill, they'll slow down. They'll isolate themselves. It's all exactly as nature does it. They will keep themselves away from others. They will keep themselves away from the herd. We don't realise we're doing it. We just think we're at home watching Netflix. But that's exactly the way nature intends it to be. Isolation. This is why you should be around people more. We're a social creature. So with anxiety, basically, when it kicks in too much, it, it isolates the human being. And it overwhelms them. And if you ever noticed about anxiety? It comes from your gut. You don't be anxious in your head. You're anxious in your gut. And that's a crucial thing where diet comes into play. And if you look closely enough at it, this is my opinion, not a nutritionist, you should not feel anxious in your gut. You should feel anxious in your mind, in your consciousness. But you don't. Because your gut bacteria vibrate. They are basically saying, whatever you just did, we're not happy with it. And we're going to give you an awful time. And people put that down to something else. You know, They put it down to uh, anything else bar the fact is, whatever just happened recently, we're not happy with it. And the most important thing about anxiety or any mental illness is this. Your environment. What's your environment like? What is your surroundings like? Are they safe? Are they nurturing? Are they warm? Are they a place where you can find peace? Work? A home? Whatever. Is it it a place where you can recharge your batteries? If it's not... The chances of getting rid of anxiety, in my opinion, are very slim. You must work with your environment first. According to science, to the best of my knowledge, from what I research and read up on, about 85% of, of all mental health is environment. The environment is crucial. It's like, as they say, if you're trying to grow a flower and it won't grow, you don't change the flower, you change the environment the flower is in. And then the flower can grow. You give it the flower the proper nutrients it needs. Nothing wrong with the flower. I know myself in, in a particular type of environment. I don't have anxiety anymore. But around certain people. I'd be very anxious. So I avoid them. Do I have anxiety? No. Do I have anxiety around certain people? 100%. And my anxiety can come back and flares up. And that's basically my inner warning system. Saying to me. Don't be around these people. Don't be around them. Because even though uh, you know I, I'm 42 now and I've worked hard at my mental health with borderline personality disorder, tip or topper illness for everyone that has it. I love it. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, not such a great one, you're always afraid. And anxiety. Uh, not such a great one either, because you just don't know if tomorrow never comes. And um, it should be called Garrett Brooks syndrome (laughs) but with anxiety yeah it's a nightmare because it's always tomorrow 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 what if what if what if but now I'm okay to a degree I'm okay so long as my environment is okay when my environment isn't okay I'm not okay when I don't eat right I'm not okay when I don't sleep right I'm not okay so does the mental illness I have a mental illness because people said I have a mental illness That's why I have a mental illness, because people said I do. You know, if you put 300 million people that have anxiety together, do they all have a mental illness? They wouldn't know because they're all the same. It's only someone on the outside looking in goes, there's something different with you. You know? Look at all the people who are in the Middle East who who follow, we'll say, certain religions uh, and. They look to the Westerners like there's something wrong with them. But they look to the Westerners and say, no, there's something wrong with you. Depends on who you are. But with anxiety, I found, it will absolutely crucify you if you do not take a hold on it. Now, it's easy for me to say, take a hold on it, as if somehow you're going to cop on and go, thanks very much for that information. I now understand, right? How I took a hold of anxiety is this. I had to realise that I'm an adult, which sounds mental, but we have very childish minds, not childlike, childish. Very childish minds, people with BPD. Very childish. You know, I, I would get called childish a lot because I am childish. It's as simple as it gets. My mind is a very childish mind, uh, which is why we're very fun people to be around until we're not. <laughs> Just like a child. <laughs> We're very, very fun people to be around and then we're not. But I had to realise as an adult and say, listen, you are an adult. You're going to have to deal with these things with a bit of logic. It can't be all emotion. It can't be all how you feel about it. You have to deal with logic. Just like i done there a few minutes ago when I was getting distracted and I could feel myself getting upset. I, I went and I said, look, you need to do the podcast. So go and clean until you're finished let your emotions regulate my emotions regulated as i was cleaning very good thing to do if you're anxious it's a natural way of relieving anxiety go clean your house and when my emotions regulated i started doing the podcast so now i'm here doing the podcast this that's a kind of a there's a little tip is that anxiety requires action you're basically your bacteria or As I say, the bacteria in your stomach are vibrating saying we're not happy. It doesn't matter what they're not happy what are you going to do about it and that's where the adult has to come in. The adult has to come in and say well this is what I'm going to do. How I got rid of my anxiety was I actually stopped running from it. I stopped trying to continually make sure was tomorrow okay. Is tomorrow okay? What if if this happens? what 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 all this in your head what if this what if this what if this i went okay oh, what can you do there's going to come a stage when tomorrow won't come what are you going to do then <laughs> do you know what i mean there's going to come a stage where tomorrow won't come go for your big deep sleep but up until that i went right i have to deal with this like an adult i have to look at this like an adult and go what if this happens well what if it does what can you do that's the thing about anxiety, it's always trying to catch you at the what-ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What can you do if it does? Have you a way of fixing it? Have you a way of not fixing it? If you don't have a way of fixing it, what can you do? And if you can't do nothing, then you can do nothing. There's sometimes you can do nothing about something. There's, that's life. But what i done was, instead of running away from my anxiety, I actually started facing it, bit by bit. I sat down with myself every every day. Giving myself five minutes every day. Check in with myself. As I said before in another podcast, All the greats do it. You know. Or did it. Jesus knew to do it. Krishna. The Buddha. Mother Teresa. They all sat with themselves. It doesn't matter what the faith or religion is. They knew that sitting with yourself. Checking in with yourself. You know. What does that do? What are you doing? You're basically sitting down and going, Hey, you've been going all day. Have, have you anything to say? What's a, what's a concern you have? There's, some, there's woeful power in sitting with yourself and saying, Are you okay? I know you're talking to yourself. Nobody needs to know and I won't tell anyone. <laughs> Sit with yourself and say, Hey, are you okay? Everything alright? Well, I'm not happy about this. Okay, let's have a look at it. That's all you have to do. Pretend you're chatting to your best friend. And i said this before as well. Everything I'm saying, it'll be repeat, repeat, repeat. Because after spending 20 years of, of research and all of this, I simplified it in my own head. That it is so simple that it, it, you just repeat yourself. So you're not looking for 15,000 different ways of coping. I look for very few ways of coping. I'm having a stressful day. I'll sit down in the evening. I'll reflect. I might have a cup of tea or coffee and go, Hey, how are you? How was your day? Well, uh, kids were doing my head in today, sir. So. Right, okay, sure, that's what they do. They weren't reading the book Ulysses, you know, at six and four. So that's generally what kids do. Yeah, well, I was stressed. All right, what were you eating today? Uh, a couple of biscuits. Oh, well, you're not going to go up too well with biscuits, are you? Don't be eating biscuits again. <laughs> See? <laughs> and that's the way I would be with myself. I would check in and go, when my mind is given out, well, I wasn't happy with this. Well, what did you do? I mean, kids are kids. They're going to do kids' stuff. That's what you expect them to do. Kids won't do adult stuff. You don't need them to do adult stuff. You need them to do kids' stuff. And generally, kids do kids' stuff. They argue, they fight, they make up, they play, whatever. But how are you coping with it? Was my answer or my question to myself. Well, what are you doing about it? You know, eating a few biscuits, that's not going to help you cope. It gives you a quick burst of energy, but overall, you're not going to be able to cope. So watch that. It's not the kids that's the problem. It's the fact that you don't have energy for the kids. And that's what makes you anxious. So you check in with yourself. I do. I check in and go, what are you not doing? Did you get enough sleep last night? Again, I talk about the same things: Sleep, exercise, food. You know, reflection. That's it. 20 years researching. Over 400 books. And I'm happy. I love reading or listening. I love it. I keep doing it. But... It hasn't changed for me in a few years. Sleep, reflection, exercise, diet. Four things I have to check on. Did I get right? Four. If I get them four things right, life seems to be working out pretty okay for me. If I don't, it doesn't. That's it. My mental illness is up to me then. Now my mental illness is mine. It's like, if I suffer with it, it's down to me. It's down to something I didn't do. Which is a great feeling because... With anxiety, you can have a feeling of not being in control. And then to be able to actually say, well, if I do four things in my life, I could have a greater sense of control. But again, you have to have your environment. Your environment is key. So with anxiety, I face it. I don't try and hide away. I don't try and run away from my anxiety. I don't try and uh, take myself away from it. I look at it as a problem to solve. And once I see it as a problem to solve, I I can then address it, you know. And I mean, the one thing that rings out in my head as well, that you hear people saying is, my demons, my demons. You have to be careful how you use your words, because we are a species of belief. Words actually have meaning. You know, um, <clears throat> if I say God, it has one meaning and Hitler has another meaning. And they're very, very distinct. They don't, they don't get confused. Well, to some they don't. But you use your words. I often hear people saying, my demons. But the minute you say my demons, you're basically saying you are somehow a demon. You know, and I used to say the same thing, if I'm being honest. My demons, you know, my darkness. The screaming, screaming inside my head. And when I went into my head, when I went into the darkness of my mind, down into the depths of my mind, and into that screaming, there was just a scared little boy in there that wanted to be loved. A scared, frightened little child that only wanted somebody to please help him. And that's where all the screaming came from. That's where all the darkness came from. Nobody ever heard him. Nobody helped him. But I went in. I found that little boy. And I took him up in my arms and I walked back out of my mind. And it was the best thing I ever did. And it was the worst thing going in there. The worst possible thing in my life was going into the darkness of my mind. Because the closer I got to my demons, the louder it got. And it was terrifying going back down in there. Going back into everything that I experienced as a person all the trauma I experienced, every memory, everything I didn't like. And then, of course, I'm born hypersensitive, and I, as other people call it, BPD, because I act a certain way. Yeah, very emotional time. But I went in there, and eventually I found that little boy. So I don't think people have demons. I think they have scared little children inside their minds. I think that's what they have inside their minds. They're this scared little child. And once you go in there and find it, and that's where the five minutes every day comes from. I'm not on about Buddhism or Christianity or Hindus. I'm not on about any religion. I'm on about simply spending five minutes a day with yourself. Just five minutes. Have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Have a biki if you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You'll have a cup of tea and a biscuit with someone if you're actually having a chat with them. It's the first thing you'll do. You'll put the kettle on. Put the kettle on for yourself. Put the kettle on, have a biscuit, sit down, check in with yourself. It's the checking in with yourself that gives you time to reflect and say, well, geez, I didn't get that right today. Just I make mistakes all like when I say I'm better, I'm I'm so grateful for how I am today. I'm four hundred times stronger than I was ten years ago. So no doubt. Absolutely not the same person. I'm still weak at times. I still lose my head at times. I can still fucking lose it. I can still go, for fuck's sake, Jesus Christ, and I go mad at times. But not every week, like I used to be doing. Not every week. Not every day at one stage. I remember every day I was losing my head. I just couldn't cope. So yeah, I do every every night. And you know what? As it turns out, most people do. And I'm not looking for an excuse. That's for human. I don't want to be perfect. I don't want to get it right every day. I need to be flawed. I need to be able to say, oh, geez, I made a mistake there last week. Because then you can turn around, and, well, how are you going to fix it? That's the thing about it as well, is anxiety brings a lot of shame, I found. You know, you're ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. Somehow, you know, you should be ashamed for some reason. When really, you shouldn't. You should just try and fix every little problem you have bit by bit, you know? Every little bit, bit by bit. And eventually that cup of tea every day with yourself, you'll eventually start to nurture and make yourself a warmer person. If you look at any animal that's been abused, you know, and I'm thinking of a dog here for example, look at a dog that's been abused, has, has experienced trauma, you know, you come up to the dog and you go, hey listen, I'm going to adopt you, I'm a fucking nice person. You are a nice person. The dog doesn't know that. It's not going to go, Jesus, thank God, I was meant for you all my life. It could take you weeks or months before that dog will actually accept you. Then you have to put the work in. And what do you do? You nurture it. You're kind to it. You're trying to coax it out of its darkness. That's exactly what you're doing with yourself. You can't just walk in and say, listen, I've all the answers now, we should be okay. Okay. That's not how it works. You have to go back in and prove yourself. You have to go back into that darkness. Go down into the depths of your minds where it hurts so much. Remember all them thoughts that you just didn't want to remember and bring that child out. Just like the dog. It doesn't happen overnight. But eventually it will happen if you're kind to yourself. And here's the thing about people that have experienced trauma like us. We didn't experience much kindness. And nobody nobody responds well to when they're not being treated kindly. But everybody has an inner feeling, I believe, that they just love kindness. It's something human beings love, kindness. And be kind to yourself. There's no reason not to be kind to yourself. Sit down, have a cup of tea and be kind. Just be genuinely kind. It might take you months, but the months are coming. Four years from now will, will be four years from now, one more or the other. Two years, one year, three months, doesn't matter. They're all coming. But the more you can be kind to yourself, the better, I believe. And in time, it'll come. You know? The thing about... Another thing about anxiety is it's contagious. Anxiety, in my opinion, is the most contagious thing on the planet. Just like I said there with the birds. One flies one direction, the whole lot will fly. It's supposed to be contagious. So if you're trying to remove anxiety, try, to be, try not to be around people that have anxiety. It's not, it's not easy if you have people that are around you constantly that are anxious. Con- anxiety is supposed to be contagious. For the simple reason is, as a survival thing, it helps everybody move in the same direction. So if one person is really anxious around you, it'll be very hard for you to be uh, coming out of your own anxiety because they will constantly activate yours. It's like people that have Tourette's. Uh, I've seen a documentary years ago where this fella, he had Tourette's and we'll say, like myself, he had overcome his Tourette's. He completely had himself um, healed to the best of his ability. And he was introduced to another person who had severe Tourette's and that person set him off. And he, he admitted it himself, he says, I haven't had this in years. I'm being set off by this person beside me who who had uh, severe Tourette's. And that's how it works. We activate each other. So if you're anxious and you're around people who are anxious, the chances of your anxiety going away are very slim. Your environment, again, your environment. People are your environment. The people, your surroundings, everything is your environment. You have to make sure and watch it. That's a responsibility. And it's no harm in saying to people, listen... I mean, you know, you're a very anxious person and sometimes I just can't be around you. That's, there's no, I don't see there's any harm in that. If you're trying to heal, I don't see any harm in that. Because sometimes people can, they can, they can set you off. And some people overreact. I know I overreact. So to another person, I would act more or overreact more. So it's very important for me not to be around the wrong type of people because... The reaction I would have. Would be way more than another person's. Again having BPD. uh, We have a tendency to overreact. So the fact that I know that. I have to be careful in who I. Actually surround myself with. Because my overreaction. Would be way more than someone else's. So I have to be respectful. Towards my own mind. You know. So. With anxiety again. What I found is this if you can get your diet right your bacteria are vibrating your bacteria eat fiber and I've said this again and I'll say it again they eat fiber give your bacteria in your stomach at least 20 different fibers every day sounds like a lot but you could get 10 different fibers into a smoothie and then you've only 10 left now if it's a thing that you only eat two or three fibers a day when I say fiber I mean like Fruit, veg, nuts, seeds. So let's just say you eat broccoli and carrots and potatoes. So that's three fibres. You can't go from three fibres to 20 because there's too much of a load on the system. So it's very important if you're eating like three fibres a day, say broccoli, carrots and a banana, that's three fibres. The next day eat four to five, like four or five. But don't go jumping from three to 20 because your system won't be able for it. Your system is a working system it has to be built up you have to you have to actually introduce the food and let it know listen this is what I'm going to be giving you you can't just overload it what most people do is when they hear something they go straight into it you know it's like oh my god that's so good for you I'll run 26 miles you can't do that you have to run 5 mile and maybe 7 mile and 8 mile and 10 and 12 and 14 and eventually get to 26 running 26 miles straight off the cuff you would probably die it's the same with food or anxiety. You have to go into it slowly. You can't just dive in because this makes sense. Well, I hope it makes sense to you. or <laughs> I'm wasting my time. <laughs> you have to build it up slowly. So if you only eat two to three fibres, I say fibres. If you only eat three to, two to three nuts, seeds, fruit or veg a day, just go up each day by one or two. That's it. Until you build it to 20. Now the more fruit and veg and nuts and seeds you can consume, the healthier your gut bacteria will be. And the healthier they are, the the less anxiety you will have. And this is science. This isn't an opinion. They do eat fibre. That's their food. We can't, as a species, the irony of human beings is we can't eat fibre. We can eat it. We can't digest it. We are two species working as one. We are a symbiotic, cult, uh, symbiotic, symbiotic. We have basically bacteria and mammalian cells. Ninety-nine percent bacteria, one percent mammalian. But you feed them. The more you feed them, the more they will produce happy hormones. And I, again, I have said this. Selenium. Is produced by bacteria selenium is what makes you happy when people don't have selenium they have more tendencies to be anxious and depressed and doctors have given them SSRIs <coughs> excuse me but these things can be got through food another thing I consume which completely got rid of my anxiety this is the thing that got rid of my anxiety is I consume probiotic foods when I realised that the bacteria are the ones giving me the anxiety, because that's where I feel it, I started to nurture them and look after them. I started to respect them as a species. At the end of the day, as a species, you respect them. You, a cow eats grass in Ireland, anyway. It eats grass. That's its food. You give a dog dog food. It's basically meat. You know, you give a fish fish food. It's basically fish. So when I figured out the bacteria inside me, they eat fibre. Respect that. That's all you have to do. Respect the fact that you have a species inside of you that eats a certain food. And that food is called fibre. And that fibre comes from nuts, seeds, fruit and veg. And when you respect that, when I figured out that my anxiety comes from bacteria in my gut, I started to respect my bacteria. I started to feed them properly. And when I started introducing probiotic foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha, kefir, you know, miso. It's gorgeous in a soup. You should try it. Um, my bacteria settled and settled and settled. And I look at my bacteria now as a, like a, a rainforest. There's thousands of species down there. They all eat different fibres. I mean, you can't just eat Carrots. turn orange (laughs) that's a fact you can't you have to eat a multitude of fibers and the more different fibers you eat the more bacteria species you're you're feeding and the more the more bacteria species you're feeding the healthier you'll be and the healthier you are the less anxious you'll be when you get anxious they are sending a message to say what you've eaten is no good for us and here's something to remember. Because I hear this all the time when I'm talking to people. Yeah, I feel so great when I'm on a good diet. And then I don't feel great when I'm not. Of course, because you're feeding them. And then you're not. You see, they can't eat processed foods. It kills them. Processed foods literally kills. When I say processed, here's things that kill bacteria. Alcohol. Sounds mental, but alcohol kills bacteria. It's in the olden days when they had no anaesthetic, they poured alcohol over the wound to kill the bacteria. Alcohol kills bacteria everywhere, even in your stomach. So alcohol kills bacteria. When you're killing bacteria, they can't really help you. I'm not saying give up drink. I'm just saying listen. if you understand what helps them and what doesn't help them, better for you. Uh, fibre helps them. If you eat only one particular type of fibre, you will actually grow that particular species of bacteria in your gut, and they will overgrow, and that's not something you want either. You don't want one particular species growing too much. It would be useless to the ecosystem of the ocean if the great white shark was the only one growing. Eventually, there would be no food for it, because it would be the most dominant species. It doesn't work that way. You need to grow every species so everybody gets fed. And that's through different fibres. So the more fibre you put in, the the less anxious you'll be. And then when you consume probiotic foods. Probiotic foods are bacteria, but they're friendly bacteria. They will go down and help the friendly bacteria that you have that are permanent residents in your gut. They will help them make you healthy and as a result everyone's happy so i'm going to leave that with that and i hope it helped um next week i don't know what i'm going to talk about next week because i got distracted twice trying to do this podcast so i have no idea what i'm going to talk about next week but as usual it'll be down to mental health so if you've listened thanks very much and i hope it has helped thanks